Hi, you're listening to Sundays at Sherman Bible. We're really glad you chose to join us today. The following message is from our pastor, Dennis Henderson. All right, if you're new here, let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh, we tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly, okay? And uh, there you go. It's my one fan. She gets paid. Uh, but we will always tell you, if you're new here, we're pretty transparent. We don't uh, hide a whole lot from us. And so I thought today, let's just get raw. But my wife totally embarrassed me. I have no idea what she was talking about, uh, about margins. But here's the deal. We're going to start all on the same ground the first Sunday, okay? Because I figure you need margins and uh, I figure I don't even know what I'm talking about for the next seven weeks, but I'm going to learn with you. Is that okay? So let's learn together this whole idea of what margins are about and how important it is in our lives. Would you agree with me on this statement that uh, we live in an era of time of no limit living? I mean, like, you can do whatever you want. I mean, there's no limit to our lives today, isn't there? And you say, how does that come about? Well, I think two things really breed it. Number one, I think our country... We live in America. Aren't you glad? I am. And in America, we're the land of freedom, the land of opportunity, where we've been told most of our lives, you can do anything you want to do, be anything you want to be, because you got the freedom to do that. And so, with that set, we all kind of start out. I can do anything. No limit. You add to that the second factor. The second factor is this, that in our time that most of us have lived, the last two decades, Technology, advancement, progress, if we put it on a chart and a graph, it wouldn't be just going northeast, would it? It would be going straight up that trajectory. Because in the last 20 years, I mean, I mean, think about what technology does and how fast it moves and what it avails to us. I mean, we can sit in our homes now and have a relationship all around the globe, you know, with our computers, talk with people, Skype, see them. I mean, and with all that advancement, everything around us, we put our freedom, the land of opportunity, technology all together, and now we all live with this idea, i got to cram it all in. I mean, i got to get it all while I'm here. Now, there's a downside to that, isn't there? Is that we can be living and not have a life by any means. Richard Swinson, a medical doctor, some years ago, started realizing that his clients were coming in, his patients that a lot of their sickness, health-related problems, had nothing to do with genetics or germs. It had all to do with stress. And he saw how it was affecting his patients, marriages, their kids, psychological problems. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to do a greater study. And so he went and did a national study with some other doctors to see what it was all about, this stress thing. And he realized this was a national epidemic. And so he wrote a book called Margin. It's been reproduced a couple different publishers now, and, and it's still out, and it's current. He keeps bringing it up to date, along with some other books on the topic of margins. It's a great book. I recommend it to you to read. And in that book, he gives a definition. Now, this is going to be a little more technical for us, and we're going to simplify a definition a little later for our time. But this is what he says in his books. He says, margin is the space that once existed between ourselves and our limits, it's something held in reserve for what? For contingencies and unanticipated situations. So those interruptions that come in our life. It's some space we leave for that. That's his definition. I'm going to give you a little simpler one in just a moment. But 
I think we'd also we have some interruptions in our life, don't we? Somewhere along the line. Some things we weren't expecting. So let's see how this plays out and just kind of illustrate it to you. Uh, because we're told we've got to get all we can and, and we want to get all we can. And so we start looking at our lives and saying, you know what? Man, I just got to pull it all in. And so where do I start? Well, we decide we're going to start, of course, with ourselves. That in my own personal life, I've got to get the most I can. So what do we do? We say, well, I've got to eat right. I've got to exercise, so I've got to get to the gym, you know, do some workout. I don't want to be a boring person. I want to keep growing and learning, so I've got to read a lot. And you know what? Probably even, you know, take an online course now. That's available. Everybody seems to be doing it. And I just got to keep doing things to better my personal life. And we say, well, i got a job. And i got to move there and, and, and along that track. So to go up the ladder, i got to come early. got to stay late. I've got to go whenever the boss tells me to, on travel, wherever it might be. Uh, got to go to conferences, you know. Got to do all the things the boss wants. And, and if he asks me, I'll even move without question. Because I've got to promote myself and head up. Then we say, you know, not only that, that produces what? We've got to have some money, don't we? And we've got to do some things. And what do we got to do? Well, we've got to start thinking about retirement. We've got to think about college kids and what they're going to do for college, you know. We've got to have a house, right? But not just a house. We've got to have the right house in the right neighborhood. And we've got to drive the right car, you know. And we've got to have dream vacations. So here we are. Limiting it to limit. And then our kids. Well, Johnny, he's got to go to the right school. We've got to do everything we can, you know, to help him with his talents. And so we get that going. I mean, take music lessons, you know, art lessons, whatever it might be. Get him on a select team. He's got to be on a select team. So we get kids involved, and this is all speeding along. And of course, with all this lined up and all this happening, guess what else we got to do? Got to have a quiet time with God. So we put it down here. Now, if you understand this for most of your life, this thing's just maxed out. I mean, it just rolls. And I mean, you don't have a spare minute. I mean, every day takes every minute of your schedule. You don't have a, a spare brain cell. I mean, just to keep all these balls going, you got to keep them, you know, every brain cell has to be used to keep thinking about it. What else? You don't have a spare dollar, do you? Every dollar is spent to carry out this lifestyle, you see. And so you're looking at that. You think, man, my pedal is to the metal, and I can't let it. If I let up, this thing's going to fall apart. So we don't plan for a contingency an interruption, an unexpected thing in our lives. So if one thing goes wrong in our lives, the whole life falls apart. A margin is so helpful because, you see, the margin allows you space. Let me give you a simpler definition now that will last us for the next seven weeks as we go through this topic. Look at it on the screen here. Margin, here's what it is. Margin is the space between my current activity and my limits. All right? Let's put this down, meat and potatoes, where we understand this. It's very simple. Here's my activity, job. Here's my limit. For instance, 
your limit in your job. I mean, when the, the point that you can go to, you say, I can go about 50 hours in my job. You know, I, I can, 50 hours starts to max me out. I start to get grouchy. I can't go much more. Some of you can go 60 before you get to that point. Some of you can go a little more. But whatever it is, you decide, this is the most I can work. This is what i got to tell the boss. I can go 40, 50, 60 hours, and that's my limit. But, you know, what i got to do is create a margin so I'm not always living out here in stress. And so my margin is going to be a little less than that. I'll work 45 hours rather than 50, whatever it might be. Got it? We do the same thing in every area of our life. We'll be talking about that. Well, let's just take your money. You have a limit right now, every one of you, to your money. Your income. Now, that's the limit where you can live. You can't buy th things that you don't have money for. Got it? Unless you go over the limit. We call that credit. So, here's the limit. This is, what I'm, this is where I'm going to live. I mean, that's as much as I can get. But I want a margin because there could be some unacceptable things, some, some unexpected things happen. So what do we do? We create a margin. So if this is my limit, I'm going to live a little below that, 5%, 10% below what's coming home. So that when that stress comes, that unexpected interruption in the money area, I have a margin to take care of it. Make sense? Some of you didn't even nod there. Did it make sense? All right. It's got to stay with me. So... Margin. We plan those margins in our life. Okay? So how does that look? Well, let's go back. Here you were, totally maxed out. Well, so you say, you know what? I got to eat right. Yeah, you're still going to eat right. You know? You say, I, I need to go to the gym. Yeah, I, I know. But, you know, you might have to decide that if I go to the gym, I might not, you know, get there as much as I want to have the, you know, abs of steel. You know, I still might have thunder thighs when it's over and some big buns and, and some other things. But, you know, I, I got to keep the cardio going, so I'll go a little. And so I'll do that. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I got the online thing. I'll read. But you know what? I need some margin here. So you say, you know what? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just not going to uh, do all of that. I'll go to the gym, not quite as much as I planned on. And guess what? I'll just take out the online course till later. Now I've got a little margin. You say, what about my, my profession? You know, I've got to work. And every Christian ought to work with excellence, right? We all agree on that. We represent Christ. So I will work hard, and I will do as much as I can. And, uh, you know, the truth is, I might just have to tell the boss that, boss, you know what? I'm not interested in that next promotion. I'm at my limit. And so I want to create a margin. And I say, you know, boss, I just will create this boundary here. Why? Because I don't want to be under all that stress. Then we say, what else? Well, how about the money? Yeah, you got to have a house. We all agree with that, don't we? We're going to get a house. It just might, you know, have to scale it down a little. We got to have a car. But instead of getting a car every two years, we might say, you know, it might be 10 years. I've got to create some financial margin. Instead of my kids going to, you know, the four-year university right off, we might say, kids, let's go to the JV college. Let's go to junior college for a couple years. Instead of that dream vacation, we just say, you know what? Let's go mooch off some relatives. <laughs> you know, let's just go see if we can get off of Uncle Ben and a few things, right? So, and then the kids. You know, little Johnny, you know, we want to get him in school, but we can't afford that real 
you know, school over there that has so much stuff and, and put him in that private school. So, you know what, we might just, instead of putting him there where it's going to put so much stress in our life, we might decide to do what? Do homework with him. What a novel idea. Spend a little more time with Johnny. You know, so why? So that, as I spend time with Johnny, he'll get the same level of education to get into college you want him to get into, but instead, it's not going to be so much stress because we're actually spending some time together, and actually, we're going to have a meal together once in a while over dinner. Whatever it is. You know, Johnny might not be in the select league. I know you, you, you want Johnny playing select ball, right? But the truth is, he's not Kobe or Michael or anybody else. He's just a normal old kid. So don't put so much stress on him and just say, you know what, you can play ball, but you know, we're not going to travel around the country acting crazy like all the other people. Because really, you're, you're not that good. Don't tell him that. But, uh, <laughs> you, you, but just say, you know, it could be, let's play ball. And so what happened? So because I've been creating the barriers and the margins here that when something goes wrong, unexpected, I've got a margin. It doesn't wipe out the whole life, you see. Now, what's the deal on these margins, dear? Why, you, know, how, you know, with that said, what is our life without margins? Now, God has created just around you margins all the time. You know that? They're there. You just don't realize it. For instance, you ever go to college, have a book that the professor recommends that you have to read? You get the book, you open it up, and you say, oh, no. And you look at their, I mean, the margins are like that. Word, to, I mean, all, you know, all the way across the page. And you're looking at how thick that is. Oh, man. And all of a sudden, your gut just goes, oh, I'll never get this. Stress starts to feel that. And you say, oh, no. What am I going to do? You know? Now, the government who is so good to, dis- to study what we already know and spend f- federal dollars on grants, you know, because that's how they do it. The government actually did a study on this, on books. And they came back like rocket scientists after several hundred thousand dollars, and they told us what we already know. And that is that when you look at a book with small margins, there's a stress factor there because you're thinking, I've got to read this. And there's so much there. And so what they find out, there's a stress. Not only that, they find out you're going to read much faster and you're going to skim it. And you're not going to get as much out of it as if that book, that same content would have been put in a book with wider margins. Same content, but you'll read slower, more enjoyable. You won't feel like it's such a, a job and you get more out of it. Naturally, every time you open a book, it should tell you, God wants us to have margins. Here it is. You're driving down the road, 65 miles an hour, and there's no shoulder. I mean, you're zinging down this road, no shoulder, and you're sitting there driving. Boy, you're looking at that thing, and all of a sudden you're focused right on the highway, and the next thing you're thinking, if I make one false move, I mean, if I don't watch it, we're going off here, and we're going to die. All of us are going to die. You're not enjoying the scenery. You're not having any conversation. You are so lasered. This is it right here. You get 65 miles an hour, and there's no shoulder. Oh, no. And so, in a lot of places, most places, the road people have enough sense to do what? Put a shoulder. You can still drive 65 miles an hour, but you're not all tensed up now because you realize, I got a little margin over here. Margins. What happens when we don't have margins? Let me give you just a couple things real quick this morning. This is all the intro for the, for the whole series, so we'll get, you have to end. Number one, of course, there's a lot of stress in your life. I mean, when you live on the edge of life, and you're just cramming it all in. The stress is incredible. 
And your personality is not a real happy camper most of the time with other people. So that leads us into what? We're very self-absorbed. When you're looking at your daytime or your, your Palm Pilot, you know, your, your, your iPhone and what's ever in there, and you're looking at that, and you're seeing that, and you say, oh, man, I can't miss a step today. If I miss one step, I mean, we're out. And so consequently, you get so self-absorbed with your schedule and what's going on in your life, you forget everything else about you. you ever been around people like that? You're walking down the hallway at school, you know, you see another student at college, he looks at you, and he doesn't even, he doesn't even recognize you. You know why? He's focused on one thing. Got to get to the next class, got to get the homework, got to get this done. You see it at the office, people who walk past you in the office, and they don't even speak to you. And yet they know you, but they're so focused, and there's so much stress, so self-absorbed on getting this done, that they're just going straight down the line. It's people, you go home, you don't even wait to your neighbors. Why? You don't even pay attention. Why? Because you're so nervous. And I mean, you're, yeah, I got to get it done. You're so self-focused. You go home. <laughs> you think you're focused? Wife's talking to you, you don't hear a word. You know, when you're self-observed, self-absorbed and you're under that stress, you don't have great conversations at home. And so what's the next thing that happens? We have poor relationships. I mean, terrible relationships. Now, if you don't get this next sentence, you're going to miss the whole series. So everybody listen up. You ready? Here it is. Margins. Margins are so important in relationships, and that is this, that relationships... Relationships are formed in the margin. That's where they take place. In the margin. Okay? Ladies, help me out on this. You ready? Romance. Woo! Too you excited. <laughs> the rest of you have been married a long time, haven't you? All right, here we go. Mar- you know, where does romance take place? What's the secret ingredients to romance? You say diamonds. No. Secret ingredients to romance is margin, actually. Time. I mean, you, you go back and you look at, old, you know, John, who's sitting next to you, or Herman, whoever he is. And you go back in your romantic days. And some of you might be there right now, hopefully. You understand what's going on is that you fell in love. Romance came because he was so focused on you. And you knew he's thinking about me. He's got a text. He called me, sent me an email. He wrote me a nice card. We're going out to eat tonight. And all of it goes in this thing we call the margin, time and focus, so you have a relationship. You get married, what happens? Real life. And now things speed up. Jobs, kids, all these things. And now everything's speeding up. Pressure's going. Stress is building. And guess what? Hmm. <laughs> No more margin. Some of you are sitting here today and you've gone through a divorce and what you said was, he changed, she changed. Not the same person. Not true. Same person, busier schedule. Same person, no margins for you. Romance died, other things happened, and now you sit here and you look back, a lot of you are here because you've got the margin relationships, marriages, kids. You see, it goes from the marriage, the husband and wife, to the kids, doesn't it? How many kids go up to their mom say, Mom, I don't think Dad even likes me. I think Dad hates me. You say, why? Oh, I said, Dad, we go out and play some ball. I said, ball? What are you talking about? You see this stack of work? My boss wants me to get that done. If I don't get that done, I can't get the money to get you to school. If you don't go to school, you're going to be an idiot. 
I don't have time for ball. You know, see, people who live on the edge, kids know it. They feel it. And then parents wonder, like, huh, what happened? John, he's in high school now, and he's having a little problem, and he doesn't want to talk to me. wonder why. Because he wrote you off when you wrote him off. Now he's got problems. Kids, how about God? Where do we get really connected with God? In the midst of looking at our iPhones with all the stuff we have to do today? No. We get connected with God in the margin, quietness. Let me ask you this. Ready? Big question today. When was the last time you heard God talk to you? Last week? Last month? You say, I don't think he's ever talked to me. I wonder why. I don't think God talks. Yeah, he does. That's why he gave you a word. That's why he gave you prayer. You know, I don't think I'm hearing him. That's right. That's your problem. You're not listening. Why? You don't have the margin. He's way pushed out. Everything's just going. You see, relationships happen in margin. Busyness, stress is the death of relationships. So why do we do it? Why do we run our lives like that? Very quickly. Ready? One, our culture. I mean, that's just the way the culture lives. Every advertisement, every media thing we see says live it to the limit. All right? Second, you say, why else do we do it? Because we have this fear of missing out. I, I, you know, we hear all this, and I don't want to miss out on anything. I want to get all the gusto I can. So we bring it into our lives, and we want to have it all. For instance, with little Johnny, with your kids, you want Johnny to grow up so he's three and a half years old. And you're out there saying, Johnny, here, and you're trying to get him to hit the ball. Because if he doesn't hit the ball now, how is he going to hit it in T-ball? If he doesn't hit it in T-ball, how is he going to hit it with coach pitch-ball? If he can't hit it with coach pitch-ball, how is he going to hit it with player pitch-ball? I mean, how is he going to make the select team? If he doesn't make the select team, Johnny's, you know, he's going, I mean, Johnny will be thrown out, and none of the kids will like him. The next thing you know, he's going to be out having drugs, and, and next thing he's going to be living on the street at seventh grade. You're afraid Johnny's going to miss. I mean, parents say, you know, if we don't get to Disney World by the time our kids are 12, if we don't get there by then, they're going to go there and they're going to think Mickey's a nerd. And if they think Mickey's a nerd, they're not going to get their book signed, you know, with all the characters' autographs. And then I'll bring them home. They'll be the only kids on the street without their books signed by all the characters. And so you go there, Disney World, you don't even have the money to do it, but you're going to do it, you're going to go over the limit, and you're going to take them out because you're afraid you're going to miss out. You got it? Third. Oh, man, this is one I could give you a lifetime on. Guilt. The guilt of underperforming. Because, you see, some of us really believe and have heard all our lives, you're not worth anything. You're not worth anything unless you outperform everybody. You can't underperform. You can't live a life like everybody else. And so some people I've known, known him pretty well, looked at the mirror every morning, saw him, really believed, if I don't outperform him, I'm worthless. I have no value. I'll be lazy. So we get up with guilt, and we live our lives to the max, because that's what we thought all of our lives. We could go on. We will. 
the next few weeks, but let's talk about what God wants for our lives real quickly. All of that's setting up the next few weeks. Here it is. What does God want? John 10, 10, most of you know this. It says that the devil, that, you know, the thief, he comes to, to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what, that's what maximum no-limit living does. It just comes and it steals and kills and destroys, doesn't it? That's what Satan wants to do. But it said, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life, you might have it to the full. The idea there is not that it's necessarily going to be prosperous, but he, he wants you to really understand life. And enjoy it the way he wants you to. So, what do we learn to start off this series today? Number one, if you're going to follow God's plan, you've got to learn there are some limits. In Psalms 39, it's page 400 in your chair Bible. And if you're new today, we, we let you know this, that we want everybody to have a Bible. So there's a Bible and a chair in front of you. If you don't have one, take that one home. I want you to get started. But if you're going to use that one, it's page 400 in that chair Bible. Here it goes. David's writing. Everybody find it? David says this about his life. He says, show me. Why, David? <laughs> because I forget. Are we all like that? I forget a lot. He says, show me, Lord, my life's end. Boy, wouldn't that be a good place to start life is to know what's at the end? He says, show me my life's end and the numbers of my day. Because they are numbered. He says, and let me know how fleeting my life is. You want to know how fleeting it is? David goes on. He says, you have made my life a mere handbreadth. What's a handbreadth? You know what it is? It's the distance between the end of your little pinky and your thumb. That's a handbreadth. So what's he say? God in light of eternity. That's how long my life is. In light of all you have, of the line of history, that's it. That's how long my life is. Notice what else he says. He says, not only that, he says, the span of my years as, is nothing but what? It's nothing before you. It's not just a breath. So here it is. I want everybody to do this. Ready? Simple. Everybody can do this. You're still alive. Okay? Take a breath. Take it in. Let it out. That's it. That's your life. One breath. That's how long your life is in light of God's eternal plan. He said, you remind me of that. That there are some limits to my life. Time-wise, and notice what else. He says, man is a mere phantom. He says, as he goes to and fro, puts the metal down, I mean, hits that pedal so hard, then he hustles and he bustles about. The, he says, but what? Only in vain. Why? Because he heats up the wealth, and here's the kicker, not knowing who it will go to and who's getting it. Guy works all of his life, earning all of his money. Guys, I've told you this at least 10 times in the last five years. Twice a year, I'll remind you of this. You work, and you get all this together, and guess what? You think you've got something. You don't own anything. You're going to die. She's going to get it, your wife, and she's going to marry a young guy, and they're going to spend it all in the first three months. Either that or your worthless kids are going to get it, and they'll have it gone within the first month. We don't own anything. Yet we spend our lives thinking we do. Like, there's no limit to what I'm going to get. Well, there is. There is a limit. And it's not hanging around. So this is what he says. Look at verse 7. He says, but now, 
Now that you've shown me, now that I've reminded myself that there is a limit, he says, Lord, what do I look for? And here it is. I look for this, that my hope is in you. That's what it's all about, Lord. It's all about you. So, getting God's view, first of all, we understand we do have limits, don't we? James chapter 4 tells us this. And it's there in your notes. It's going to be in your daily reading. I'm going to give you the paraphrase and cram it together because our time issue. Here it is. James says, hey, what are you doing? Why are you saying tomorrow we'll do this, we'll go there, we'll spend a year here? He said, what are you thinking? Do you not know that your life is a mist, appears, and it's gone? He said, let me tell you, what you ought to be doing is this. You ought to say, if the Lord wills. If the Lord will, we will do this. And not to do that, he says, is evil. To exclude God from your plan. To be so jam-packed in maximum living that you never consult God. You never back off and say, God, what do you want? Where's the limit financially? Where's the limit with my kids? Where's the limit with my job? Where's the limit with my activity? If you never back off there and look at that and say, God, your will, it's about you. What he says, you're stupid. It's evil. So we've got to learn to insert the margins God wants us in our life. Number two. Next week, this is where we begin, Exodus 20. We'll start with the Ten Commandments. Remember those? Remember what the first commandments were about? They're, they're all sitting around God. Loving, you know, the idea is there's no other gods and, and, and don't make an image. And he comes to verse 4 and he says, to remind you of that is I want you every week on the Sabbath to back off, worship this God, take rest, create this margin so you will know God. Okay. Because you see, here's the deal. This series is not going to be for a self-improvement series. You can watch TV and get that. This series is about how to create the margin so that Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, will start to be the, the testimony of your life. What's that? The great command. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he says to love your neighbor as yourself. And you only do those two things in margins. And that's what God wants to develop in your heart. That he's the center. I'm backing off. I'm putting him first. I'm loving him. Have a relation with him so I can have a relation with others who are eternally important because those are the only two things going to last. God and eternal souls. And he says, I want to do that. Busyness and speed destroy all our intimacy with God, with others. So, God's plan on certain margins, God's plan. He wants to see how it's all pictured in the Bible for you and understand that plan. And understand God's plan is that you would love him with all your heart and all your soul. Here it is. This is the question I'll ask you every week. I end with it and begin with it. You're going to live your life in one of three modes. And so you have to choose. And I ask you, which plan are you going to live by? Your plan? I'm the master of my soul. I'm the captain of my ship. I got it figured out. Okay, big boy, go for it. Check in with me about 20 years from now. See how it's going when you're the captain of the ship. Your plan. Second, you can go by the culture. Look at the Joneses down the streets, what everybody else is doing. There's the standard. I got to do this. They're doing it. Media tells me. So you look at the culture for your plan. Or third, you look at God and you follow his plan. 
You get so tuned with him that you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and all of a sudden, he starts to rearrange, and he puts the margins there so that you can love him and serve him and love other people and use all your resources for something that's going to last for eternity. So here's the key verse of the week that you need to live out and wrestle with, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. And what's he say? Lean not to your understandings. Check out of your plan. Lean not to your understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Check into his plan. And then what's he going to do? He's going to direct your path. He's going to create this life that he wanted you to have. It's going to be a great ride when he does it. <laughs> no telling where it's going to take you. Across the ocean, across the street. It ain't, but I tell you what, it's going to be the plan that you're going to find out this is great because I have learned to trust God. So the question of the week is, are you willing to trust the God of this universe? Are you willing to take the scriptures that he said and actually activate it this week and say, I will trust in him. I will start to realize, God, here's my, here's my finances, here's my kids, here's my schedule. Let's start to rearrange it how you want it. Let's create the margin so you and I can have intimacy so that I can have intimacy out here and not ruin my life. And living it without margin. That's what God says. Are you willing to trust that verse this week? To do that, you have to start with him, don't you? And some of you maybe have to start there. I need a relationship with God. I need to find out who this Jesus is. And find Christ as, as the Lord and Savior of my life. Because I really don't know much about him. It might be you need to sit here and listen for some weeks. It might be you need to sit down and talk with one of our people in our church. Whatever it is, it all starts there when you understand the relationship with the Christ who died for your sin, gave his life so you can be forgiven, but most of all, so you can live his life in you. And it starts with that. And some of you today need to start there. On the card that you have, our connection card, we ask everyone to hand in. Ask you on there. You might look at that where it says decision. You put your name there. I, John. I, Mary, Today have trusted Christ for the first time. Or I need to know more. I am in it. Mark that. Either way, when you hand it in this week, we'll get in contact and we'll start to talk to you about that relationship with Christ. Or it might be in a moment when I pray, you might want to just silently walk down. Some folks will be here to pray with you. Go over to our prayer room and just talk with you about your need. But it all begins there with him. Let's stand. Let's bow our heads. Let me pray for us. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, this is just a quiet time for you to reflect and say, whoa, I'm on the edge. <laughs> There's just no room. I'm grouchy. The whole life is going downhill. Relationships are terrible. My marriage is about to fold. My kids aren't paying attention to me. And God says, hey, it's in margins that you find relationship. So in a moment as I pray, up here at the front are some of our folks that are out of our prayer room. They've been praying for you during this service. And if you just want to slip out and walk over to one of the sides, they'd be glad to pray with you there or take you to a private place and just be of help to you. Whether it's coming to know God, just saying, hey, I need someone to pray for me. I'm just out of, out of whack. They'd be glad to do that. So as I pray in a moment, we'd invite you to come there. Talk to them or pray where you are. Mark your card. Hand it to an usher. Whatever it is, start your journey.
Thanks for listening. For more information, feel free to visit our website at shermanbible.com or call anytime during our office hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. at 903-893-7795.